morning, church. Beautiful day, isn't it? Awesome. Well, today, put my clicker on. I've been asked to preach on fast food. So, sorry? Sorry? Fasting? Okay, hold on. I'll get a sermon. I do have a sermon. Fasting food. So forget this sermon. Let's just click past all these things. Sorry, we'll get there. There we go. Seven, eight... Uh, the end. All right. Fasting. <laughs> now I'm on a diet. <laughs> oh, next month. <laughs> Spiritual discipline of fasting. All right, in Matthew 6, we've got a um, part where Jesus is talking about fasting. Um, it says, and when you fast, so let me just start. Before that, we've got in chapter 5, uh, Jesus uh, does a sermon on the mount and the Beatitudes and all that. And there's a part at the beginning of chapter 6 where he talks about um, giving um, is something that we should all be doing. And he says, do not give and be righteous like the Pharisees and be grandiose, you know, do not tell your, what your left hand and your right hand is doing and do it in secret. And then he talks about praying in the next section and Pastor Ben shared about that last week, about praying and uh, the Lord's Prayer. And he says, you know, do not do it in the synagogue and shout it out and let everyone know what you're doing, but go into your room and do it in secret and God will reward you in the open. And then he goes on to fasting, where he says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father, who is in secret." And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So let's just pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come together and gather together and stir and encourage one another in love and good works. I pray today that we all have an open heart and open ears to hear what you have to say to us today. Please use me, Lord, as your mouthpiece. And I pray that we go away encouraged and excited to go into the week and to practice our spiritual disciplines. Amen. So just like an athlete needs to practice disciplines for advancing their skills, a Christian needs to practice various spiritual disciplines in order to become a mature Christian. The purpose of spiritual discipline is not salvation, but spiritual growth. When we fast, 
We withdraw ourselves from the craziness and the rush of the world and we make quietness inside ourselves by opening our hearts and our minds to God. The purpose of fasting isn't to get something from God. He's not a genie in a lamp, as Pastor Ben said last week. He won't grant you a wish after a couple of days of fasting. The goal of fasting is God's glorification. So simply put, fasting is when you set aside something that your body enjoys so that you can grow spiritually. Usually in the Bible, people would most commonly set aside food. We find throughout the Bible different fasts in different lengths, in different ways, for different reasons, with different outcomes and even under different covenants. Moses, he received the word of God after fasting. King Jehoshaphat experienced victory after fasting. Esther received protection after fasting. King David sought grace after fasting. Elijah was restored after fasting. Daniel experienced a supernatural after fasting. Ezra received direction after fasting. Nehemiah was strengthened after fasting. And Joel offered the cure for judgment after fasting. There's just many people throughout the history of the Bible who have all practiced fasting. It's what Jesus did. And as Christians, it's what we're called to do and we're called to walk as he walked and to do the things that he did for me I want to live in a place where my faith is my reality I want the things of the spirit to be what moves my life not the things of the world I want to be a man of the spirit and I want my soul to agree and I want my flesh to say yes I want fasting to become a walk I want fasting to become a part of my walk with God, just the same as prayer is. So there are many purposes for fasting. I've got a few up here. That's a small font. <laughs> Repentance. <laughs> In Jonah, I'll just read this first. Jonah, and he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out to mightily God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. So in Nineveh, that was a corporate fast. That was the whole lot. Even the goats and the sheep and the cows and everyone had to fast. So Jonah called Nineveh to repentance and the entire city responded. The king proclaimed a fast that even included the animals. God saw Nineveh's desperation and was moved to show mercy. One purpose of fasting is to express our repentance for our personal or corporate failure and sin. Fasting becomes an outward sign of an inward brokenness and a desperate hope for forgiveness. We also have Revelation. Paul, Saul, Saul at the time, the very moment Saul of Tarsus, his life-changing encounter with God ended. He was blind and disorientated. 
He was led by hand into the city and stayed at the house of Judas for three days. During that time, he did not eat. Saul fasted and prayed for God's direction. He needed revelation. Many, many of us Christians today, we also need direction in our life. And the discipline of fasting and prayer that prepares our hearts to receive the grace of God's direction. Release. Matthew 17, this is where the boy was possessed. A desperate father brought the demon-possessed young man to church. But disappointment followed, and despite the disciples' best efforts, the boy was still in bondage. Then Jesus came to the boy and was instantly delivered. Later, the disciples asked Jesus why they were not able to cast out this demon. Jesus told them the key to spiritual power is found through prayer and fasting. So it's a pretty serious thing. Prayer and fasting is very powerful. Restoration. A couple more examples. The prophet Joel. The prophet Joel spoke of a time where the locusts would bring God's judgment against those in Israel whose hearts had wandered away from God. He called Israel to a holy fast and took pity on his people. So this is another example of a corporate fast. And we've done that as a church a couple of years ago, and that was where my fasting journey began. Um, one more. Reward. Fasting helps us focus on our primary goal. It trains our hearts to turn away from the world's distractions and press towards the reward before us. In Hebrews 11, it talks about God's promise that he will reward those who diligently seek him. And this hope makes the effort all worth it. At the start of this year, um, I felt God call me to, or lead me to fast for a while and... um, I was like, all right, well, I've got a busy year ahead. We're starting a grow group. I'm going to do the internship. Um, I'm going to pray for my wife and our family and just in general. So I was like, all right, God, I was obedient. I was like, I'll do two-week fast, start of February from the 1st through to the 14th. And the 14th is Valentine's Day. So I was like, well, we're going out for dinner, me and Tanya, um, so I finished the fast on Valentine's Day. And um, so, yeah, I'd done it and I was obedient to God and praying and, you know, pressing into God during the times when I was having meals and stuff. And then on Valentine's Day, me and Tanya go out for dinner and uh, she hands me a card and I open it up and there's a pregnancy test and we found out we are pregnant. So I feel like the timing of that all... You know, that's God's reward for my obedience in a way that um, he's blessed us with with a child. So no one knew about that, but, you know, and I'm sharing it with you now as an example, not to boast, but to say, you know, if you seek him in the quiet place, he will reward you in the open. And this baby is an evidence of, of God's obedience and grace in our life. So, yeah. In Isaiah 58... I'll read it. 
Why have we fasted, they said, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, the day of your fast finds pleasure and exploits all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the first, the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. In Isaiah 58, God corrects the people of Israel regarding their purpose of fasting. They were being selfish and their fasts were without a spiritual focus. Even worse, their fast was a self-centered focus. People use their time not of eating or work pleasure, but or not for prayer or praying for others or caring. Their focus was on the self, and that's a danger that we must avoid any time when we're fasting. Fasting is about self-denial, not self-fulfillment. And we must follow Christ's example of that. So the maximum fast we find in the Bible is 40 days. What we usually see in Scripture and what most of us believers do today is much shorter fasts. So one day, three days, seven days, 14, 21 days. And God honours all these fasts. So um, on the medical side of things, Scientists say that the body can survive without food for 30 to 40 days, only if you are properly hydrated, so plenty of water. Around 30 or 40 days, the body starts to enter extreme dangerous levels of starvation, and some may even experience organ failure. So it's funny that God made it, you know, within 40 days. That also depends on how much body fat you have. <laughs> And of course, if you have any underlying health issues and you have to monitor certain things in your life, please go talk to your doctor about how best you can fast and the best way to handle that. Even if it's just one meal a day, you know, just one lunch every Wednesday, you not eat. And um, there's, yeah, many ways to fast, I'll explain soon. Studies have shown also that going without food for a time may have many health benefits as well. For instance, fasting heals and breaks addiction of some unhealthy foods that we may develop, like spending a week eating junk food for a 30-second joke in church. <laughs> I felt so sick after that pizza. <laughs> anyway, it was worth the laugh. There's something special about seeking God through fasting that empowers you to set aside things that normally you just wouldn't be able to do. Fasting gives the body a chance to consume all the junk and the gunk that's inside your body that we've been feeding it, like old food residue and um, bacteria and junk. It cleans out all the toxins from your body that we've been consuming. So as we're not eating, our body's like, well, I need to eat something. Well, I may as well just chop this fat or clear the arteries out or, you know, it needs something to sustain it. And so it actually gives you a lot of health benefits. Um, not also within your body, but your tongue. Your um, taste buds will be renewed after a time. And after fasting, you'll be able to enjoy things uh, 
better than before, so an apple will taste sweeter than what you, know, you remember it being because your taste buds have been renewed. So these are just some of the physical benefits of fasting. Spiritually, it's way more beneficial. Fasting is really about starving the flesh or your physical body, and instead it's about feeding your spirit. It's about becoming a balanced human again. As long as we have earthly bodies, we will need to fast from time to time to decrease the lust of the flesh and the craving of the body and increase the cravings of the things of the spirit. Fasting will allow our spirit to be fed and you'll find you'll crave things of God even more. That's an amazing place to be in, craving things of God more. Because there's no, there's no negative side of of feeding your spirit, you know. The benefits of fasting far outweigh the pleasure of eating breakfast. The main thing we must do in a fast is seek God with all our heart. So true fasting is when you use that time you would have used to eat a meal or prepare a meal, and instead you're showing God that he is more important than your belly. And during a fast, maybe you can wake up early in the morning and spend some time with God or some time in the Word, just as Jesus done. He always woke up early and went away to spend time with God. Fasting must include prayer. As Ben preached last week, they go hand in hand, fasting and prayer. Or else it's just a diet. <laughs> we fast to draw closer to God. We seek to hear from God through the Spirit and Scriptures. What types of fasts can you do? There's a few different fasts, but this is between you and God. He'll lead you and he'll tell you, your spirit the right idea for how many days to fast. What types of fasts should you do? Well, there's this variety of lengths, even just like one day a week or, you know, every Wednesday at lunchtime if you dedicate that time to seeking God and you know it doesn't have to be a long one especially if you're a beginner don't jump in the deep end but um, just listen to what God's prompting you to do um, sometimes you can be prompted to fast and um, sometimes I just felt the need to fast and God's spoken to me in that time as well and it's just good to like focus refocus your spirit and tell your flesh, you're not the boss of me, <laughs> you know. It's like, I was even thinking this morning, the, the verse of, um, do not be tossed to and fro like the wind and the waves do, you know, back and forth. Like, that's saying, like, do not live by your feelings or situations or let life throw you around and dictate how you are or how you're supposed to respond. But, you know, stand on the rock. And when I fast... I'm bringing myself back to that rock and saying, this is, this is where I am and this is where I'm going to live. It's not going to be the wind or the situations or my feelings or my emotions or my flesh that are going to dictate how I feel. It's the truth of the gospel that tells me, you know. So, a couple of fasts. There's the sunset fast. So, in Jewish culture, uh, they count the day from sunset to sunset so during the day you wake up 
and it's today's Sunday, so when the sun goes down tonight, they'll consider that Monday. Um, so you spend all time, all the time, um, all day seeking God during that, and then at night time you have the meal. Uh, the fast I done in February was a sunset fast because it's really hard to try and explain to your Italian wife <laughs> that you're not going to eat <laughs> when she loves to feed you. So a sunset fast is good, and that can also coincide with the Daniel fast, which I've sure you've all heard of, which is eating fruit. Um, for 10 days, Daniel ate fruit and vegetables at night, and, um, and then he'd done it for 21 days as well. Um, it's very beneficial um, to do the Daniel fast while doing the sunset fast. So you just don't eat during the day, but maybe at night, you know, have some fruit, veggies, I don't know, a smoothie or something, um, and yeah, you won't be completely hungry the whole time, but in saying that, bing, water fast, or the full day fasts, where you just don't eat anything, and you just take water, I've done this a few times before as well, where um, you just feed water, and, and don't eat anything at all, and I mean not even like a breath mint, because there might be like two grams of sugar in that, and that could just trigger your hunger button, and <laughs> you know, you'll find it very difficult trying to, to get through the fast if you, you know, so just water, that's it, which seems pretty hard, it is hard, but it's good, it's beneficial, you'll hear God so clear, it's awesome. And then there's a specialised fast. So that could be like specific foods um, or drinks or um, actions even. So I've heard people saying I'm going to stop on social media for a while. I'm going to put my phone away and just, you know, spend that time scrolling in my Bible instead and seeking God that way. Um, so if you do have any health problems, don't feel left out. You can fast in other ways as well. So stay hydrated. Please drink a lot of water, at least eight cups a day. Um, and anything longer than uh, maybe like a seven-day fast, um, you will have to safely start eating again. So start off slow by having some juice or some soup or something and expand your tummy again and then you can keep eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> If fasting is something new to you and you want to start and you don't want to jump into the deep end, one thing you can do is try all the different fasts. So God honours all of these. For instance, you could do, you know, three days of specialised fast. You could do the next 15 days as a sunset fast, eating at night. And then the last three days you could just do a full fast. And that's 21 days. So you can mix it up and match it up because um, God will honour this because you're setting aside things to pursue him. So, and he'll honour that. So mix it up as God fills you or leads you um, or as your stomach can handle. <laughs> so there's many options to, to start fasting. Be vigilant. When you fast, commit. Satan, he knows that you're trying to seek God in this time. And he knows you are about to get empowered through the kingdom. 
So he'll try everything and anything he can to stop you. Where do we see that? Jesus. Jesus modeled a Christian life and demonstrated how during a fast, the enemy will try to tempt you, try and tempt you to sin. To try and tempt you to cheat on your fast and um, tap out, but you've got to expect it, you know. We're in a spiritual war. There's a God and we serve him and there's an enemy that doesn't want us to look anything like him. Because when we're fasting, we look like Jesus. We're the devil's biggest threat. We are what God has now. Jesus left. We're all he's got. We're on the front line. So who's the devil going to take out? He tried to take out Jesus. That didn't work. And he left and left the Holy Spirit with us. So we're it. Expect it. It will happen. But stand on that rock because the wind and the waves won't shake us. Amen? One time I was fasting. (laughs) Speaking of temptation. One time I was fasting. It was a real long one. I was getting super hungry because I didn't know. I was eating chewies and stuff and I was getting hungry. So I was like, I'm just going to Macca's. Stuff it. No one will know. I'm just going to go to McDonald's. And I went there. I'm like, hey, I want a Big Mac meal, 10 nuggets, large. I want everything. I ordered so much crap. And then I went standing there with my ticket and everyone around me, they were getting served. And then the people behind me, they were getting served. And I was still standing there waiting, being like, where's my food? And the lady was like, sorry, mate, have you got your meal yet? I'm like, no, I'm still waiting. Here you go. I gave them my ticket. And then they brought my food out. I'm like, oh, by the way, Dan, here we go. We've given you an extra cheeseburger and extra large fries. And I'm like, no, I don't want this. I felt so convicted. And then I just went and drove around, found some homeless people and gave them all my McDonald's. So I was like, ah. Oh, couldn't do it but yes you will be tempted so just be strong so that's a lesson for us because we know Jesus Jesus was perfect and he didn't give in to temptation to break his fast but us being imperfect humans it is possible that we may slip up during our fast and if you fall or slip up do not give up Just repent, sorry God, dust yourself off, and then tomorrow go even harder. You will not lose your reward, because God will honour the fact that you are seeking him first. And what pleases him is that you are determined to finish your fast, no matter what. So Matthew 9 also says, Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast. As I was saying before, we're the front line of the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus was here and the disciples didn't fast because they had him there with him. But now Jesus is gone. He's not here with us. He's left us the Holy Spirit. 
So when we fast, we're fasting under a new covenant for a new reason. We're not there, like I said in, um, in Joel, where they're like, you know, fast and wear sackcloth and mourn and cry and be outrageous, you know. Like, it's not about that anymore. It's about seeking God in a quiet place and, and, and having communion with him, intimacy with him in a way that, that will build you and encourage you. If you're in a relationship with someone, um, what connects you two together is the intimacy because you don't share that with anyone else. So you share that with God and he will birth something in you. So Jesus, it says at the end, and they will fast. So Jesus expects us to fast. So please remember, this is a spiritual practice. It's not a requirement for our salvation. So the thief on the cross, he didn't get a chance to get baptised, he didn't get a chance to fast, but he'll be remembered in paradise. Fasting is not a requirement to get into heaven. Praying is not a requirement to get into heaven. Believing in God is. So, I'll just finish up here. Fasting is a time where you will go into battle with your flesh. This is a lifelong thing we do because the war between our spirit and our body won't be over until Jesus returns and we are raised anew with a new body. Our body won't ever be a problem for us again. But until then, we will fight our flesh and suppress it to try to live by the Spirit. So get serious about it. Set a date, put it in your calendar, and as soon as the Holy Spirit prompts you, do it. Try it out. And if after all of this you still wonder, do I really have to fast? Let me ask you this. How much of God do you want? Amen.